As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heagle falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Down Garcia. And in this episode, I am riding solo again. Uh, but a quick little Q&A talk a little bit about the series so far with Texas. Obviously, um, wraparound series. So they are playing Monday uh, afternoon or evening. But they did play a game Sunday. They did play a game Saturday. And they did play a game Friday. Angels so far have taken two of three from the Texas Rangers, again, with the fourth game coming up on Friday. Some of the big highlights, obviously, of this series has been Otani. Otani and Jaime Barea have been two of the bright spots of this series for sure. Uh, first going to Otani and kind of looking at what he did on that Friday night. Seven innings, seven hits, only two runs, eight strikeouts. But he ended up going a career-high 117 pitches. Um, career-high even in um, Japan, even in the States, 117 pitches. Madden has definitely unleashed uh, that guy. There's definitely no uh, restrictions right now. We are also on Instagram Live. So anyone on Instagram Live have a question, go ahead and drop it in the comments. We'll get to those questions in a second. Now going to Saturday. Um, you know, Otani has that 117 game. I even, I even tweeted about this. Who else can pitch 117 pitches in one game, get a W and then come out and absolutely, uh, hit a bomb. And that's exactly what Shohei Otani did when he hit his 63rd home run in the sixth inning. You talk to pitchers, any pitcher, college pitcher, high school pitcher, professional pitcher, a lot of that, you know, strength comes from the lower half. A lot of that speed, a lot of that, you know, uh, power comes from the lower half. Same thing with hitting. Everything starts at the bottom and works its way up. So for a guy that has, again, pitched 117 innings, or sorry, pitches the night before to come out and do that was absolutely crazy. But the story on the mound was Jose Suarez. A young guy, a guy that the Angels have seen, Angel fans have seen for a while. And for that, I think people have the misconception of um, they know who he is or they can tell what he's going to be. Obviously, Jose has been, you know, um, Jose has been very difficult to judge. Jose has been very, um, how do I say this? Uh, very up and down, but again, that kind of comes from him being 
Um, that's coming from him being so young. I guess that's what I'm saying. So, Jose Suarez comes into this game, 5-7 and seven record. Again, split time between the bullpen and all that stuff. Ends up going nine complete games, five hits, uh, only one earned run, and eight strikeouts for his first career shutout. Again, Jose Suarez is really, really young. And I think, again, people kind of lose that when they see the... Um, when they see him and the years that he's been with the angels, he's only 23 years old. And I actually tweeted about that a little bit earlier today. Cause again, I think a lot of people have the misconception of they know what he's going to be in the future. And, and I'm here to tell you that I don't think we have any idea what he's going to be in the future. You look at some of the guys that have made, um, that have made debuts for the angels just this year. Um, guys that some of us have known, some of us were really excited to know, and some of us that we expected to make debuts. From uh, Cooper, uh, Chriswell, Jansen Junk, who made his debut today um, on Sunday, Jose Marte, Packy Naughton, Elvis Paguero, uh, Andrew Want, Austin Warren, um, all of those guys, and Kyle Tucker, who is another guy who made his debut today. All those guys are younger than Jose Suarez. And if you want to look even deeper, Chris Rodriguez is the same age. Uh, Reed Detmers is just a year younger. Jose Suarez is younger than most of the guys on this roster. So for fans, for for players, or for you know anyone to think that they know exactly who this guy is going to be or who this guy, how he's going to... Um, mature i guess if you will i I think it's way too soon for that i think obviously there's a lot more you have to see out of them um there's a lot more time to see out of them again 23 years old has a complete game definitely the career game that i think a lot of angel fans um a lot of angel fans wanted to see you know obviously you you hope that some of these young pitchers work obviously you hope that a lot of these pitchers develop into something but again jose suarez only 23 years old and is again younger than so many people it is uh it's pretty crazy it is honestly pretty crazy to see um how kind of people already are pitching home a little bit into that uh, quote-unquote uh reliever spot even though i think he's can develop into a pitcher. Now, do I think he's going to be like a lockdown type of pitcher? No, I don't think that at all. But at the same time, I think there's a very good possibility that he can develop. He can develop into like a, maybe a solid three or four. Again, 23 years old. He's older or he's younger than the majority of the guys on the team. So for Jose Suarez to come out here and have a great game like that, his tempo seemed to be better. His, the you know, him going home and, and, and just kind of speeding things up. His his uh, pitches looked really great. Um, but a career game for Jose Suarez. And then obviously today, uh, the Sunday game, not exactly what the Angels wanted. Jansen Junk did make his uh, official ML, uh, Major League appearance. He's been with the team for a little bit. But he did start this game going to, uh, two or three and two-thirds. Giving up one earned run, five runs total, two strikeouts, two home runs. Obviously, the air from uh, Renjifo was a big factor of him giving up a lot of runs. Um, but you had him, and then you had um, you had uh, uh, 
Jansen Junk, and then later on the game you have Kyle Tyler, who also, again, like I said earlier, made his debut. And between those two guys, that's six and two-thirds innings between two guys, two rookies, two debuts, um, kind of in a way made it feel like, hey, they were going to get out there and see these young guys no matter what was going to happen with the score of the game. On the bright note, offensively, Joe Adele had seemed to kind of turn this corner. He's, he, you are seeing more of this power. Definitely seeing a ton more speed from him. You're, you're actually seeing him get down the line, beating out infield hits, doing all that stuff that we have come to be accustomed to seeing Joe Adele do. Uh, again, he hits two home runs in this game. He, you know, obviously is a big part of the future. Uh, him, Brandon, we have questions about that coming up in a little bit later, and we'll start getting to the Q&A in a second. But that kind of, you know, con- concludes the quick little wraparound um, of this series. And like I mentioned before, Jansen Junk made a, made a debut um, that I think a lot of people were waiting for. I was kind of surprised by it, honestly. He only pitched in double uh, A. Granted, he almost got the no uh, perfect game. I think his last start last week. So obviously he has stuff. I was I was just surprised they brought him up to double A from double A to start in the major leagues so quickly. I, he was a guy that I was looking forward to seeing a debut possibly next year. And, but if this year was going to be it, I, I figured it would have been out of the bullpen. But at the same time, you have to kind of look at the, what the rotation is looking like where we stand right now. Obviously, we know about Sandoval. Obviously, um, we, we, we know about Chris Rodriguez. We know about Detmers. Detmers is back with the team, which is good. But while he was on his little quarantine hiatus, didn't throw anything, didn't really do any kind of baseball activities. And for a week, you're going to have to kind of wait now to get him back into baseball shape. Are they going to want to put him out there as a starter right away? Are they going to want to put him in the bullpen to kind of let him work his way up at the, towards the end of the year? Because if they don't feel comfortable with him being a, pitch, a starting pitcher because of the time he lost due to COVID, it might be just best to put him in the bullpen and let him work a couple innings at a time. Because again, full week, no baseball activities at all. So he has to work up his arm again. He, he has to work up his endurance again. And too, that's just, you know, we don't know out here if how bad that, coronavirus affected them you know a lot of people that have had it and had no symptoms felt fine nothing and then yeah you do know some people that might have you know affected them got them sick you know did he lose weight is he you know and all that stuff so that's something to look out for with Detmers but he is not available right now you know I don't expect him to see him until later in the season if he does come back but the way this rotation is kind of setting up for the rest of the year you have Otani you have Suarez you have Berea who is starting tomorrow on Monday um, and then that's kind of it, you know, as Alex Cobb comes back, he did another bullpen and all reports said that he was doing really good, but until he comes back, I am not sure, um, if he's going to pitch with the team at all this year. And that's something we'll have to wait and see, but if not, you're going to need to rely on, um, Jansen junk, Packy Naughton, um, some of these other younger guys that are going to come up and make these little starts here and there. And we'll just have to kind of continue to see. I have a feeling this carousel from AAA, um, you know, uh, AAA to the major leagues kind of keep on rotating because, like I mentioned, there's kind of a health issue right now with starters. Um, Against Jansen Junk, Packing Non, Otani, um, Suarez. I mean, those are the main guys. There's not really a whole lot of starters on there. There's a lot of relievers, and maybe that's an option they're going to do too throughout the year is just pull out a bullpen game every sixth game. 
and see how that goes. So, like I said, we're on Instagram Live. If you have a question, go ahead and write it in right now. We're going to answer those questions in a bit and get to the big news, for me, surprising news, of Jose Iglesias getting his outright release. No longer with the Angels. This came down, I believe, uh, Friday afternoon. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. I want to talk about Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a live audio-only sports talk platform, which is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link it to your Twitter, and join. That's it. It's that easy. So go ahead and check out Spotify Greenroom. And we are back. Again, um, some of the big news, we're going to get to questions real quick, but big news, Jose Iglesias released from the Angels Friday before the game. Outright released. Um, I kind of talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. You noticed that he was getting less and less time with the team starting wise. Um, you saw that you saw how that air, the couple airs he made in the, in the San Diego series really cost him his playing time. And honestly, that kind of seemed like the last straw talked about it a lot. Defensively, he was horrible. Negative 21 um, defensive run saved worse by any shortstop in the league. Um, I think honestly, it, it was time from the go, especially the mentality of this management staff um, but it seems like they're not wasting time. They're not going to be here and hold hands and, and like, Oh, if you feel bad, if we release you, we, we don't care. It's almost, they are being very cold about certain things. Like whether it's, um, obviously the, the pool host thing now, the, um, the, 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 uh, Jose Quintana getting traded, the Iglesias, where the hell's Bundy been? Um, I'm looking at their active roster. And actually, I do not see Bundy. Bundy might be on the is Bundy on the IL. He might be on the IL, but I haven't heard about from Bundy in a really long time. Oh yeah, he's on a ten day IL. But you haven't heard them kind of coddle these guys in a really long time, which I, I like. And I think that's what was was that was what was up with Jose. He was bad at defense. You're going to try to give Mayfield Mayfield's under control for another couple years. He's cheap, and like I mentioned before, for the shortstop in this team. If they go out and get a big shortstop, great. But if they don't need one, you have a good defensive base already with Rendon, Fletcher, and Walsh. And obviously anyone that fits in that shortstop spot just can't be horrible. They can be average. They can be a little bit above average. They cannot be horrible. And that's what's exactly what um, Jose was. He was horrible defensively. And that was a shock to a lot of people. Was it a bad year? Was it this? Was it that? I don't know. But when it comes down to it, he was down. He was really bad defensively and he's getting a little bit older. He was on a one-year contract, made complete sense to just get rid of him and let the kind of competition. I think the angels want to see between now and the end of the year to see if they really do need to go out and get a, a big uh, time shortstop. This last month might be seriously the opportunity. The angels are giving these other guys. You see a lot of Renhefo, you see Mayfield, um, you know, we'll see who else kind of starts working their way into that shortstop spot, but this might be like a month long audition for the guys in-house 
So they can either, so the Angels front office either knows, hey, we're good with what we have, or, you know, we do have to go shopping for a shortstop. So that's what it feels like this next month is. And to get these guys up to kind of rotate in that shortstop spot, you can't be having a guy waste a spot just sitting on the bench. And that's Jose Iglesias, who I think a lot of people agreed he was out a long time ago. He was pretty sure he wasn't coming back a long time ago. So Manny Man 2112 on our Instagram asked, may be a lot to ask, but how do you pre uh, predict next season's starting lineup and rotation? Well, I think the lineup is actually a little bit easier than rotation, to tell you the truth. If you want to look at rotation, I'm not going to get into too like batting them where or whatever. I think you need to sign Stassi back. I think he needs to be your starting catcher. Obviously, like I mentioned before, you have Walsh at first, Fletcher at second, you know, Shortstop's going to be a big question. Third base is Rendon. And then we have a question, too, about the outfield and about uh, Marsh and if he locked down an outfield spot. So I'll get to the outfield in a little bit. I think they'll be okay if Mayfield is the shortstop. Again, you're not looking for someone to be overpowering at shortstop. This team doesn't need it. If this team is healthy, you have Otani. You have Trout. You're going to have, you know, if Joe Adele comes back around, you're going to have Fletcher to get on base. You're going to have Rendon to get doubles and, and, and extra base hits. Might not have the home run numbers, but he's going to get doubles. He's going to get, you know, he's going to go gap to gap. So for a shortstop, you don't need to spend a ton of money. And if Mayfield is, again, average at both, average at fielding, more importantly, and average at the plate and can give you a little bit of pop here and there, you know, I think you're, the Angels will be perfectly fine with that. If his offense is what it is right now and his defense can just be better than Jose's was this year, I think he can definitely earn that spot. If not, he's a great utility guy. So I definitely think Mayfield's on the team next year, but I I want to see what he does this year because that shortstop is going to be a question. And if one of these guys steps up and shows progression, shows that they have been um, you know, getting better at that, they, the Angels might just either A, bring in someone else, to, maybe not high level, but – someone around that, you know, mid-level to compete for that shortstop spot. But you don't need a huge bat at that shortstop position. Your offense doesn't need it when everyone's healthy. And defensively, you have enough good defensive players around them to make up for it. You have uh, Fletcher, who is going to be a gold glove finalist. You have Walsh, who's really good. You have Rendon, who's actually really good at third base. I think people forget. So shortstop just can't be horrible. So going into the alpha, I'm going to uh, pull up this question that was asked. Um, earlier and it's had marsh locked down the starting outfield spot for next year i'm a little uh what's the word i'm a little cautious to say locked down only because if something happens for the rest of this season if he has a bad spring training that i don't think he's done enough to like you know no matter what happens he has a no matter what I think if he continues doing what he's doing, playing great defensively, came really close today, Sunday, um, to making a great diving catch. I mean, he was inches away. That would have been a hard catch for anybody. But I think, honestly, um, if he continues to kind of just go in the, the same way he's going, he will have a definitely have a spot in the outfield next year. He just cannot really take a huge step back. You can't all of a sudden have a terrible spring training, terrible last part of the year. But if he continues to do what he's doing right now, I think he's definitely, um, definitely uh, capable of being on the team next year and being in, in one of those outfield spots. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. Um, King J Ray 
how do you explain guys going uh, going well on other teams when they leave the Angels? Quintana has looked sharp with San Francisco. Do we need a coaching overhaul? Honestly, I've been thinking about that too because I noticed Quintana had a really good first outing with the Giants, and then he just pitched tonight with uh, against the Dodgers and did well too. I think the complete overhaul of the coaching staff is the opposite of what you need. I think you need some kind of um, consistency there. And you look at the pitching coaches especially. Angels have had three pitching coaches in four years. Uh, was it Doug White? Um, or three, three and four. So Doug White, Mickey Calloway, um, and then he got fired. Then you got the new uh, – uh, um, why am I spacing on him? But anyways, you got the pitching coach you have right now. So three three uh, coaches in pretty much four years. So there is no consistency there. Mike, uh, Matt Weiss, that's right, Matt Weiss. There's no consistency there. So you need – I think the last thing you need to do is totally overhaul the pitch or the uh, coaching staff because you do need some kind of consistency. consistency. I can't even say that word consistent. Um, and I think about it too in the aspect of it's football season right now. Just started college football, NBA, uh, NFL starting next week, and I'm a big football fan. For people that don't know, I coach high school football. So when I start thinking about these kind of questions, I kind of go back to that part of my roots. Now, does the system fit the guy? Meaning, is what the coaches are asking him do, to do fit the pitcher they're bringing in. Now, granted, that should be taking taking care of in the scouting process before you bring him in. That should be a big issue. But once he's in house, is he does he fit what your overall thought process is? Like in football, if I'm running a defense and I love running man, and I and I have the best corner or safety that loves playing zone, and I am asking him to play man, and he gets burned on it because he's not very good at man. He's good at playing zone. Whose fault is that? Is it fault on the player for not being good at the man-to-man coverage, or is it on the coach for not putting him in the right position, if that makes sense? So I think a lot of it has to do – there has to be something that clicks there between the the, the pitcher, coach, the pitching coach, and the pitcher. It's not always going to work. It's not always going to click every single time. You've seen pitchers click this year, whether it's uh, Sandoval, uh, Suarez is doing better, um, you know, some of the younger guys, whatever's worked has clicked for them. And yeah, there's some guys that go out to other teams and, and maybe don't don't work for the Angels, but work other places. And we could have said the same thing about Bundy last year. Well, why is he clicking with the Angels that never clicked with Baltimore? Now that kind of just seems like a, um, a one-year uh, facade, if you will. But it, that happens all the time. Sometimes what the pitcher, pitching coaches or just the overall pitching staff want the dude doesn't fit that guy. And I think that's probably more of an issue, but I do think the biggest thing the angels need to do. And again, that's because I think Matt Weiss was put in a situation he was not ready for. He was not expecting to be with, with Mickey Calloway and his whole situation, but like it literally happened right at spring training. So you get put in a situation you were not hired for. You get to put in a situation you had never done before. And now we're saying, Hey, learn it on the fly. You don't have an off season. Um, hopefully you have some buddies that done it before and call them. Otherwise you're on your own. And I think that probably had to do with some of the struggles in the, in the beginning of the season was him trying to find his voice, him trying to find his system, him trying to find out what works for each guy. And now that the year has gone on, you do see 
you know, little improvements here and there from certain guys. You do see little improvements, especially from the younger guys. That could be because of Matt Weiss. That could be just because of maturity. I don't know. But either way you look at it, I think bringing him back, Matt Weiss, is the right move for the Angels next year. You need consistency. Are you really going to go for your fourth uh, pitching coach in like five years? That doesn't that doesn't help anybody, regardless of who's in your staff or who's coming up. You need to be consistent with your staff. And I think you bring them back, give them another year, give them a full offseason. We're talking about these players and these offseason getting better in the offseason, getting better in the you know, time off and working on what they need to work, working on what they need to do better. Why can't it be the same thing with the pitching coaches or just coaches in general, especially young ones? And Matt Weiss is a young one. Why not give him an offseason to kind of develop a system that works for him that he can relate to? The, the athletes relate to the players. Give them a full offseason. I think they need to bring them back. They need to have some kind of consistency. I think that's the only way that this pitching staff kind of takes the next step is not to bring in the next big, you know, pitching coach name or whatever that's on the list. Let's get some consistency going. Let's get the same message year in and year out. And I feel like the Angels have not had that in so long. So I think that's a big, big, big deal. Um, uh, talking a little bit more about the outfield stuff with Mike Trout's calf issue. Do you see him moving to left or right field in the future? So this obviously has to stem from, um, reports came out about a month ago that if, uh, Trout were to come back, he would be in a corner outfield spot. Fast forward a little bit more. Trout has come and said, if I'm coming back, I'm playing center field. So that's where the impasse is. Mike Trout at some point will be in right or left field. It's just the way time works. Father time's undefeated. Will it be next year? Will it be the year after that? I don't know. But at some point, yes, Trout will be in one of the corner outfield spots. I personally think it might be best to do it next year. But because Mike Trout is Mike Trout, because Mike Trout has done everything for this franchise you can have ever asked, if he comes out and says next year, hey, Joe, hey, Perry, I'm playing center field at, in, on opening day. You, you got to let them. You have to let them. So at some point, yes, I think Trout will be in the corners. Will it be next year? That's truthfully up to Trout. If Trout, if Trout wants to play center field, they are going to let him play center field. And we'll see how that plays out. But at some point, he'll be in the corner outfield. Again, I just don't know when. It's got That is definitely going to come up to Trout. That is definitely going to come when he wants it to come because he has done so much for this team. I don't. If he wants to play center field, you let him. If he wants to play second base, you let him. Like That's just kind of how it goes. Great point about consistency. However, I don't think this is the group. Perry needs his own guys. Very rarely do partnerships work when GMs work with managers they don't hire. You're right. But I do think Matt Weiss was brought in during Perry's first offseason. Now, I don't know if how much say he got in the matter or if that was an all Joe Madden hire. But if you look at the overlap of when he came in to when Perry came in, um, I believe Perry got signed first. So, again, who had who hired who hired Matt Weiss? Was it Perry? Because it could have been very easily Perry's kind of um, influence. Or was it all Madden? And then at that at that point, that's a manager thing, and let the manager pick the the pitching coach. But obviously, with Joe coming back next year, I don't see Joe leaving unless he retires. But I doubt it. That's why I think you bring Matt Weiss next year. And then if it still doesn't work or you can't see more, then yeah, 
you move on. Perry likes analytics. Seems like Joe is outdated and doesn't know enough about it. And the funny part about that, Joe's kind of the, the granddad of it, you know, from his time in Tampa Bay. But it does seem like it kind of got by him and he's a little bit older. Maybe he's not looking at it as much as before. But we'll see how that goes. But I definitely think Joe's at least around for one more year. Um, I don't think he retires, and I definitely don't think Artie's going to fire or anything like that. Joe Madden at the end of this year. The problem is it. The problem is it's probably Artie making all the signings. Player wise, yes. Pitching wise, I don't think Perry or sorry, I don't think Artie gives two craps about who the pitching coach is, who happened to be was going to be the bullpen coach. Artie doesn't definitely doesn't care who the bullpen coach was. He, he liked Mickey Callaway signing. He, maybe he did that. But once Mickey got, you know, in trouble, there wasn't pitching coaches just laying around waiting to get hired. So the only thing they could do is hire Will Within. And then the next easy step is going, hey, your bullpen coach is now the pitching coach. Because, you know, they he outside the pitching coach, he probably worked just as closely with those other guys as well. So we'll see what happens. Again, I think Matt Weiss has done enough in his last half of the season to to at least get another year and see if his system works and let him develop a system. Let him um, come in next year. Again, he was put in a really crappy situation this year, struggled at the beginning, and like his players, have really developed towards the end of this year. And I think he deserves at least one more shot. If he goes out when Madden goes out at the end of 2022, then that's fine, you know, whatever. But I honestly think you have to at least give him that shot. You have to give him the opportunity to, to come back and do that. Next question on our Instagram live. Um, here we go. Um, is Rendon is Rendon's contract going to kill us in the future? This is going to be really hard to quote unquote predict. Um, just because it depends on what Rendon you're getting. If it's a Rendon that has been injured, hasn't been able to put up offensive numbers, is strictly just a defensive player then yeah, it's going to hurt. But if the Rendon comes back, defensive gold glove caliber, extra base hit machine, doubles machine, sneak a, you know, uh, 20 over the wall, then I, I it won't because then you're not forced to spend money at other positions to make up the difference for the lack of production from Rendon. If it's a Rendon, they sign, they the Nationals Rendon, it doesn't hurt the Angels. If he comes back and this injury bug lingers, which you hope with a surgery that it doesn't, but if it does, then yeah, it, it, it's going to hurt the Angels, especially coming up to the future with Otani signing and all that stuff. But I honestly think if Rendon comes back and it's just Rendon, you know, again, doubles machine, 20 home runs, gold glove caliber defense, it's fine it's not going to kill us. It might be uncomfortable, but it'll be fine. It's like a good, it's like an older pair of shoes. You'd really like the pair of shoes. They're a little bit uncomfortable, but you can survive in them. Same thing. You'll be okay. Uh, next question for the angels. And I don't know, this is a real interesting question. And we talked about it a little bit, or I talked about where he's at right now. Um, with the home run, he got a couple days ago. But Shohei Otani, do I think Otani will get 50 home runs, 30 stolen bases, and 10 wins? Well, a couple of those things on there right now I think are pretty um, 
are pretty much lo- not locked down, but as close to lockdown as you can get. He's sitting at he's sitting at nine wins right now, so ten wins, I think, is pretty much a lock. Um, you look at his home run numbers. Uh, obviously, hit another home run on Saturday, like I mentioned. Uh, um, he now has. They mentioned it today on the on the um, broadcast. He now has the most home runs at Angel Stadium in a season. Um, so that record of him catching up to Troy Gloss for I believe Troy Gloss has forty nine um, home runs as the franchise record. Otani sitting at forty three. That one is kind of I you know. I kind of feel like that's going to happen. I should say one's a lockdown. 10 wins is definitely going to happen. As I look at the numbers, 43 home runs. So he's seven away from Troy Gloss or passing, beating Troy Gloss and getting 50 home runs. Stolen bases. He's at 23 right now. He needs seven. So he needs seven. uh, Yeah, seven and seven. Seven home runs and seven stolen bases right now um, to get the 50, 30, and 10. I don't know. I do think he'll get one or the other. I do kind of think he'll get 50 home runs. I'm not sold on 30 stolen bases just yet. The hard part for Otani is, is getting on base. And I guess if they're going to keep on walking him, he's going to keep on stealing. And that might help him. But there's a lot of times, too, when they walk him, it's because first base is open and someone's on second. So at that point, the likelihood of his him stealing is not, not as much. So if you're going to sit here and say, do you think Otani's going to get 50 home runs, 30 stolen bases, and 10 wins? 10 wins, yes. Now the other two, if I had to pick one or the other, oh, God, I don't know. I probably sound so inconsistent right here. But 10 wins, yes. I'm going to go 50 home runs, yes, because I want to see that record getting broken. And 30 stolen bases, I think he's going to get around 20, I'm going to say 26, 27 stolen bases for the year. So I don't think he gets 30. But if he does, if he gets 50, 30, and 10, 50, 30, and 10, that is, that will be absolutely crazy. They should give him next year's MVP just because of that, for sure. Yeah, 50, 30, and 10. If that happens, that will be a huge, huge uh, accomplishment. I mean, there's no other way of putting it. Question we get quite often on the All Angels podcast, what pitchers should Angels go for next season? And kind of looking more and more at it, obviously the easiest way to kind of get to some of these pitchers would be through free agency, and we've mentioned it before. A lot of these guys, um, you know, I these guys are older. Um, and I'm not 100% sure about how much I trust them going forward. Like I said, you have Zach Granke. I got Zach Granke, who is 38 years old. Um, He's going to be a free agent. Trevor Bauer, who knows what the heck's going to happen with him. Then you have Justin Verlander coming back from Tommy John surgery, 39 years old. Don't know what he, he doesn't, what he has left again, coming back from Tommy John surgery. I said this about Clayton Kershaw. He's injured right now, but I would not, I don't I won't believe Kershaw's in any other jersey besides the Dodgers or the Rangers with until I actually see it. So I don't think he's a viable option. Serger, again, 37 years old, but he's been pitching his lights out. 
Marcus Stroman is interesting, 31 years old. He can be a guy. Some names, some guys that have been named also, Kevin Gossman, pitching for the Giants. I believe he's pitching tomorrow, Monday. He's had a really good, really, really good year this year for the Giants on a one-year deal. Oh, no, sorry. Um, yeah, I think a one-year deal. He was, he was with them in 2020. I think he signed back with them on a qualifying offer, if I remember correctly. But going to be a free agent at the end of this year. 12 wins. Um, you're looking at some of his his numbers. ERA plus, which 100 is average. Anything above 100 is is good. He's a hundred. He's at 164. His FIP, which takes it's kind of a better way of looking at ERA, because uh, it takes into everything into consideration, not just runs. Kind of takes into consideration, um, you know, ballpark and, and all that stuff. His FIP is 2.88, which is really good. Really, really good. But if you look at his timeline from his start of his career to last year, again, before this great year, he's an average He's an average uh, pitcher. His ERA plus is 100, which is right at average, the way they calibrate that. His FIP, again, it's a better, it's a better calculation than just straight ERA. At 4.06. So not bad, not great. But what worries me is that some people, maybe the Angels will see that these numbers from this year, think that this is what's going to be like going forward. And now is he having a Bundy type year where boom, he looks great. He's going to lobby lights out. Hopefully he can keep on doing it. But I just that scares me with Kevin Gossman is that he's only done it one year, and you're kind of hoping. And two, he plays in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out in San Francisco. If you've ever seen it on TV, been there in person, you know how hard it is to get the ball out of the uh, out of the park, hit home runs there, especially at night when you're right on uh, right on the cove. So, uh, Kevin Gossman is going to be really interesting to see how it goes this year. And another guy, I go two more guys that I'm interested to see where they end up, just because they are fairly young and they are also. I'll give you three guys. One guy, real quick. Noah Syndergaard, 29. People love him. But Tommy John, again, he will likelihood of him pitching this year are slim to none. So I don't know what you can expect out of him next year, but he's going to be another guy on the market probably, and who knows what you're going to get out of him. But again, another guy that has been pitching really good of late, like in the last month and a half, Robbie Ray up in Toronto. One-year prove-it deal, done great, but he's kind of falling in the same situation as um, I said about Kevin Gossman is that his career to this point has been okay, average, reliable, but not Cy Young caliber. But now he's having a Cy Young caliber type of season. And which one are you getting? I guess that's the biggest part with some of these pitchers. What are you getting? Are you getting this year or are you getting past years? I guess is the biggest issue. So I am not hundred percent sure on that. Another one that's be interesting to see, um, Carlos Rendon from, um, Rodon, sorry, Carlos Rodon from the Chicago White Sox. Again, uh, last year of his contract, having a career-type year. Only 28 years old, will be 29 by the start of next season. But you look at his regular numbers, it just kind of average. They're average. You know, they're, you take away this season you, and you calculate, you know, uh, his past uh, five seasons, I think it is. His, again, ERA plus, hundreds of baseline. Anything above 100 is good. Anything below behind, below 100 is bad. He's right at 100. And same thing, his FIP, 4.26. So 
those aren't great numbers for like quote unquote frontline pitchers, but they're having a great year. So the hard part is which one do you trust? Which one do you believe? Do you believe this year? Do you believe the last five years? So there's a couple couple guys to keep an eye on, but it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, some couple questions on here, catching up on Instagram Live. Kenley Jensen, Andrew Miller, Rosenthal, Hand, Batances, Familia, uh, Ottovino, Joe Kelly, uh, Yates. Would you take any of these relievers, or do we have enough? Well, Andrew Miller, I don't know. Hand got released, so they could have had him. I think Rosenthal got released too. Could have had him. They didn't have. They didn't get him. Yates has been injured this whole year. Ottavino has had really big trouble. Joe Kelly seems to always have up and down moments and hurt. Matances, I guess you know part of it has to be what's the price. But if you're talking about a couple million dollars, I wouldn't spend a couple million dollars on either one of them. I think. Um, you, if you're going to spend money on your bullpen, you have to go straight to resigning Rossell Iglesias. And then hopefully these younger guys kind of step up and are okay. Would you stand Pat on signing big names, pitchers and wait till 2023 sale to Grom, Evaldi, Kikuchi, Noah, Musgrove, Gray, et cetera. Yeah. Um, that actually might be, that actually might be your, your biggest, um, your best way of doing it. But at the same time, um, at the end of 23, you're going to deal with that Otani contract and what's going to be left of, to play with after that sale. I don't know. Sale got that Tommy Johnny's, but his pitching motion is so, so hard. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm not hundred percent sure. And some of these other names are great names, but you know, gray, I think will get traded before the end of next year being in Colorado Barrios, um, honestly, I think that the Jays might try to resign him before he gets to that point. So we'll have to see what that what kind of comes out of that. Um, but uh, we'll answer a couple more questions, and this came up a couple times, and I'll ask it or I'll play it right now. Again, I kind of talked about it at the beginning. Uh, do you think we will see as a shortstop going into the next season? I honestly think. And I hope that one of these guys, Mayfield or Renhifo, does enough to where the Angels don't feel the need to um, don't feel the need to uh, go out and 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 get another one. Don't feel the need to go out and spend big money when you have a need at pitcher and you have a need with resigning Otani coming in the future. If Mayfield can just be average. Average defensively, average offensively, that would be a huge upgrade from Rossell Iglesias, not Rossell, sorry, Jose Iglesias. And I think you can at least sign up for like a two-year deal by then some of these younger prospects, uh, Jackson, Paris, those guys will be close to being ready. And I think that's what you need. Don't spend this huge money on a shortstop when you don't need one, especially in this lineup. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it plays out. But who knows? The Angels do a bunch of stuff that I have no idea. I'm not here saying this is what's going to happen. Unlike some people on some other, you know, Instagrams and stuff like that, who think they know what the heck's going on. I don't, but I'll say it up front. This is what I hope will happen. I hope they just kind of go with Iglesias, but we'll see what happens. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the all angels podcast. Um, again, if you're on Instagram live right now, I did this whole Q and a, that will be on the podcast tomorrow on Monday, labor day, have a great day off. Uh, and that's why I'm doing it tomorrow because 
Uh, I don't have to worry about going to work. So that's good. Um, but yeah, keep the questions coming. Keep, you know, if, you, if there's a question you have in the middle of the week, just DM us. Um, Halo underscore Haven on Twitter or on Instagram or email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. We'll answer it on the next podcast. And I know with the offseason coming up, there's going to be a ton of questions. Who's in? Who's out? You know, did so-and-so underperform? Did so-and-so going to stay? That stuff is all coming up. Once the season's over and we're able to get more and more guys on that do know what they're talking about, we are going to do it for sure. Um, you know, so um, we'll see what happens. You know, 500 is right around the corner again, but with all the injuries that has happened, you can understand that. You kind of hope that these young arms can develop and be the cornerstone for something special in the future. And then you get you get younger. You're, they're getting younger. You're getting Joe. You're getting Brandon. You're getting all these guys on. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. Again, uh, subscribe, rate, review, check it out. Um, but yeah, so I am Dallin Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.